coming with me, man. The Solo Burlo Podcast. He's going to say that a lot. Welcome back to the Solo Brolo Podcast. I'm your boy, Dom Pierno. This is episode number 13. We're back, baby. We're doing it. No, it hasn't been a month. We're being consistent. Consistency. 2022 consistency. That's the key. Brand new me. Brand new you. This is how we're doing it. Failed rap career coming at you. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? Sorry for that weird, awkward goofiness. I don't ever know how to start this thing. I always feel like it doesn't matter, right? <clears throat> um, let's just get right into it, dudes. Uh, as a lot of you might have seen on my social media, I was out on the road with the one Galen Nash and Rafa, Rafa Camargo. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, that was fun. We had a blast. Uh, well, most of it was fun. Uh, for some odd reason, Galen has this weird obsession with San Francisco, California. Not a big fan. Um, I don't know what the deal is with San Francisco, man, but it's got to go. Um, I love San Francisco with one feeling, thinking like, listen, man, if we can just convince Putin that San Francisco is a territory of Ukraine, we can solve this problem. It's bad. You heard about a place called the Tenderloin, right? Everyone's heard of the Tenderloin, you know? And it's just like this mythical place. We don't do dare go in the Tenderloin. We survived. Um, it makes no sense why it's there. Uh, it makes no sense why anybody does anything in the Tenderloin. Uh, for instance, our first night on the road, we get to San Francisco. We do this small little show uh, in, like, I guess the quote-unquote, like, good part of town. There's no good part of town in San Francisco. It's all garbage. It's all smells like piss. Um, there are homeless people in 100% of the entire surface area of San Francisco. It doesn't matter if you're in front of a $300 a plate steak restaurant. Homeless people smells like piss. It, it, like, doesn't, it just doesn't matter, man. I don't know. Maybe it used to be nice like 30 years ago, but in my experience in the recent last decade or two, it's garbage. <sighs> Anyways, so <laughs> the second show of the first night, we're in the Tenderloin. It's this place called P. It's this, the show is called Piano Fight. Don't ask me why. It is technically a quote-unquote piano bar. You walk in, there's a dude playing piano. And then in the back, there's this little like black box theater that they've set up in the back. Probably seats like 60 or 70 people. Maybe there's probably about 50 people there. Um, Mind-blowing. Because I literally stepped on an actual, for reals, legal crack pipe when we were walking up there. Like, you could, the crunch that that makes, it's like a bang, bang, like a one-two, because it's like bulb stem. Like, you know when you stepped on a beer bottle, but I stepped on a crack pipe. Great introduction. <clears throat> but I just couldn't believe that there were that many people there. Let me break it down for you in the Tenderloin, man. You literally, there's nowhere to park. It's... If there is street parking, it's 100% taken, uh, either by cars or, like, homeless encampments, grocery carts, tents. There really is nowhere to put your vehicle. So Uber is, like, a huge thing there, especially in that part of town. But any big city, Uber is a big thing anyways, right? Like the old, you know, like taxis used to be. Um, so everybody that was there had to have Ubered or walked. I don't know. But there was no homeless people in the theater. It was like actual, regular, normal people. Um, <clears throat> they did not like my jokes very much. Um, <laughs> a couple of my jokes hit. Uh, a couple of them, I fell on 
silence because, uh, you know, that's a very like progressive, overly woke area. And, um, you know, you probably know some of my jokes. They're not going to fly there. I had a three minute set. Um, you know, for those of you that aren't comics, the three minutes is not a long time. Uh, I do long form comedy. So I tell a lot of stories that have jokes peppered in and then you know, there's a big punchline. Um, but these situations are like, you really can't, you have to either bang a bunch out or tell like one joke, which just, it's hard. So anyways, I did. Okay. I come outside and I'm like, dude, I want to get the fuck out of here. Like it's cold. I have to take a shit. Um, I had to take a shit like the whole time we were there. Um, and the hotel we were staying in was not very nice. Um, again, San Francisco, of course it's not. Um, <laughs> we get there, there's like homeless people out front of our hotel. So like, that'll tell you just how beautiful the area was. Um, so terrible. We get in the hotel room. Um, now this has been a long fucking day, man. Mind you, we left in the morning at like 10. Yeah. By the time we picked up Roth at the train station in Fullerton, we were dro- We drove straight through to San Francisco. We had just enough time to get in the room, change really quick. Like, and then we're back out into an Uber to the first show. Um, not the most ideal situation, right? But this is what happens when you're banging out four shows in three days in three different States. Um, road life. <laughs> so the hotel was not great. Um, and just to give you guys a little example, like the, so like the first few problems we noticed when we got there was our window didn't close all the way. It's cold as shit. San Francisco's in the Bay, man. It was like 40 some degrees and we're freezing. Um, our lights were turned on. They didn't turn off. And one of the lights was literally tied to the fixture on the wall with a shoestring. So uh, that's how the night started. Uh, the TV, we, could, we couldn't get the TV to work for the first, like, hour because it kept, like, the power wouldn't work on the TV. Um, and then we couldn't figure out how to change the input because it had been changed to some weird... Anyways, <clears throat> we get done with this show in the Tenderloin. I'm fucking done. It's freezing. These idiots want to try and eat pizza while we're in the Tenderloin. I'm like, why would you eat anything around here? Like, are you hungry? And I'm like, I haven't been hungry since we got here because look around. Like it smells like piss and shit. And there's, there's, it's just, it's literally terrible, man. Um, we finally get an Uber out of that war zone, which by the way, some dude that was there, some local told us that in the tenderloin, I don't know if this is true or not. And I didn't look it up because we know I don't do any research on them for this podcast. Um, I didn't look it up, but I, he did tell us that. In that area where we're at, the Tenderloin, that the death rate is the same as 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 Iraq or some crazy shit like that. Like I was like, dude, why are you telling me this, man? Like I don't want to be here, and I got to worry about getting murdered to death. Like so, we finally leave. We like we. I'm just like, dude, I just want to go back to the hotel and go to bathroom and go to bed. So we're coming back and these guys see a deli and they're like, Hey man, we're going to go get sandwiches. Are you hungry? And I was like, no, I'm still not hungry. I'm going to go take a shit in peace by myself in the room. Sounds great. I have like 10 minutes. This is perfect. I sit down. Uh, first round comes out. I'm trying to be a nice guy. I try to courtesy flush and it floods the toilet. Yeah. So all that water comes up. I'm still sitting on the toilet, not expecting that to happen. Long story short, had to get naked on the toilet and then shower immediately because, well, as you could have guessed, 
it was the most disgusting thing ever. I'm sorry if you're eating. Um, I could not fucking wait to get out of there. The beds felt dirty. Like it was just disgusting, man. This, we got up at like eight the next morning. We're like, let's get the fuck out. It's like, we finally leave. Galen's a fucking child. So he has to stop at the golden gate bridge. We do that begrudgingly because neither Roth nor I wanted to do that. Um, even though Roth has this like weird Asperger's that like every time we're on the road, it's like, Oh my God, maps. Oh my God. Bridges. Oh, look at train. Like anyways, I love you Roth, but he's, he's got the Asperger's he's a little Aspergery. Um, <laughs> so anyways, we get done with that. We like, we drove to Oregon. Oregon's great. Oregon was, Oregon's always great. Um, I love Bend, Oregon. Shout out to Katie Ipoc and her shows out there. Craft Brewery. Shout out to Craft Brewery for always having us back there. Um, sold out maybe like 50 people. Really cool. Good night. Good crowd. Fun times. Um, too cold to live, but I don't have anything to complain about in Oregon. Some lady who was like in her 40s tried to molest Galen. And then when that didn't work, she tried to fuck me too and i was like okay let's just relax and i like, walked outside and i was like dude can let's get out of here like it's getting dangerous man there's grenades going off and we don't want to deal with that um oregon was great we had a much nicer hotel in oregon um so that was thank god um you know and then the next day we went on to seattle roth did not have a good time in seattle uh <laughs> He just wasn't feeling it, man. He did not enjoy the atmosphere. It was raining like a bitch the whole time we were there. Like, I like Seattle, man. I like Washington as a whole. I think Seattle's actually a cool city. Um, There's a lot of parts of Washington that are really cool, but that weather can suck a giant chode, man. Like, it literally, like, you know, we get rain here. It's like you wake up in the morning, it's raining generally by like two, three o'clock, it's cleared up. It might be cold and cloudy and gloomy, but you're not dealing with the rain, right? But like there, that shit's 24-7. That's like rain on Coke, dude. Like it literally doesn't stop. It's like when they say it's raining, it's fucking raining, and it is not stopping. Um, I always feel like an idiot when I go out of state where there's inclement weather because I'm walking around in like jeans and a sweater and fucking uh, windbreaker and Chuck Taylors freezing my fucking ass off. And everyone else is running around these like puffy jackets with their fucking boots on and shit. Like, oh, you're from here, obviously. Like, I just don't know why am I going to fucking buy clothes for this? Sh- I, you know, I probably should. Anyways, um, Seattle was fun. Uh, the shows went great. Um, the show in Seattle was fun. Club comedy. Shout out to Rick uh, over at Club Comedy. That guy's rad. Um, we did the show. Hung out with him and his husband after the show and had some drinks. Um, you know, in the club after hours. I was like super fun, man. Like just hanging in a comedy club with a with a, the owner and like just kicking back some drinks and talking shop. Um, I think that was probably one of my more favorite parts of the trip, to be honest, because uh, that was just cool, man. Like. That's kind of like, oh, we're doing comedy, you know? Like, this is what it's all about. Like, we're tired, we're cold, like, <laughs> we just all want to go home, you know? And um, But we were experiencing it, and, and uh, it was fun, man. So shout-out to Seattle, the everyone that came out in Seattle. Um, small but mighty crowd, man, probably about 25 people or so. But it was great, dude. Um, you know, this is all just to get exposure, man. You know, you got to get your face in other states. No one's going to do it for you. So um, it was fun, uh, but I'm still tired. Uh, that drive back from Washington to California is absolute hell. Uh, I don't know 
if you've ever done it, then goddamn hats off to you, man. I think I've done it twice now, and um, that's absolutely 100% the last time I'll ever do that. Um, there's just no fucking way, man. It's so long. It's 18 hours, if you're wondering, and some change, um, which, you know, you can round that up to, like, 19, 20 hours because you got to stop to eat. You got to stop for gas. You got to stop for pee breaks. I mean, you're not just, like, driving straight through without stopping. So um, it definitely adds time onto the trip. But, man, I just, like, I, you know, we left Seattle, Washington at 10 in the morning Grabbed some McDonald's breakfast, got some gas in the car. We were on the freeway by 1030, right? Um, and when you hit your GPS to direct you home, it's the most disheartening thing ever to see. That it's 1030 in the morning and your arrival time is 7 a.m. The next fucking day. Like, dude... E- <laughs> You drive for like eight, nine, ten hours, and you realize, like, oh my fucking god, I still have a whole other work day of driving. Like we stopped, and it was probably like one in the morning, and we've been driving since ten a.m. And we stop, and it's like one in the morning, and we get some food, and we like we get gas, and we pee, and we're like stretching outside of the car, and I was just like, holy shit, we're still not going to get home till seven in the morning. I mean, getting in the car and driving when the sun's up and then driving through the night and watching the sun come up again is not for me, man. I'm not a long-haul trucker. I don't get to take a break every seven hours, eight hours, whatever. Like, I'm just, it's fucking, it's, it was not easy. Um, I think I probably pulled over at about three, dude. I listened to two full Joe Rogan episodes in a row, which those are like three-hour episodes. So I drove for almost a solid six hours. Um stopped got an energy drink and i just i I literally just pulled into this truck stop and i was like yeah man like the both the guys were asleep and i i was like i couldn't concentrate um there's nothing more scary dude than like when you're trying to drive and you're trying to concentrate and you just can't get it together um so i had to pull off man like the road just it's it's hard to explain man you're just driving into nothing it feels like you're going on like a track like, you know, like you're on a treadmill or something for a car and you're just like, you're not going, you're just spinning wheels and you're not moving. Um, but, you know, I pulled over, rocked back in the driver's seat. He drove us the rest of the way. Um, I've just been, I was so tired, man. Both the guys slept on the car ride, um, which like good for them, but um, I could not. Um, so I was up probably for a solid 24 hours. Um, I don't know how I didn't do it with any drugs, no Coke, just energy drinks, caffeine, energy drinks. That's it. Coffee. Uh, I don't know how I did it, dude, but I just couldn't sleep. I can't sleep in the fucking car, man. It's too uncomfortable. I don't know if you can do that or not, but I can't, uh, it's moving. I need, I'm just like a bitch when it comes to sleep, man. Like I need it to be quiet. You know, like I can't have music, bass, we're moving, like there's just no, I like just closed my eyes for like 30 minutes at one point during the drive and just got zero fucking sleep. Like leaned up and Elon was like, I'll just sleep. And I was like, no. So by the time I got back, uh, you, you know, used the bathroom, took a shower, like a nice hot long shower <laughs> and I probably laid down. It was probably like seven thirty ish and, uh, I passed out till about 1 PM. 
um, I try to force myself to get up because I'm not, I don't do this for a living, man. I got to go to a fucking full-time job. So Tuesday, I slept about 1 p.m., forced myself to get up, uh, got as much chores done as I could, and then I uh, went back to bed probably around like 10 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock, and uh, I had to get up the next day for work and had work for the last three days for the weekend. So it's just like, I'm exhausted, dude. Like, I cannot, I don't know how anybody functions doing that. It's just like beyond me, dude. Um, if I didn't have anything else to do, it'd be easy, man. But like, it's so hard to do this with, and also, you know, hold a full-time job as a grown adult. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I'll never stop doing it, but goddamn, it's hard, dude. Like it's fucking hard. I'm fucking tired. My job was the hardest thing ever. This whole, even it was only Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but it was hard, dude. Um, it was legitimately hard because I was just so tired. Like I needed an extra day off. I'm 37, you know, like everyone I go on the road with comedy wise is under 30. So it just, they don't understand. Uh, but anyways, man, see all that to say, I love comedy. Um, that was fun. Thank you, Bend, Oregon. Thank you, Seattle, Washington, San Francisco. You can burn in a terrible fire and then get flooded. Uh, that city can break off into the ocean and float away for all I care. I hate San Francisco. If you're in San Francisco, I'm not sorry that I said I hate it. Uh, yeah, suck it. Suck my whole ass, San Francisco. I do not like you. I just don't. Your people suck. Your weather sucks. Your city sucks. The traffic sucks. Everything effing sucks out there, man. Fuck San Francisco. It's a great place. No, it's fucking not. No, it's not. Everybody who lives there is trapped, dude. Nobody wants to fucking be there. You're either trapped there or you like being living around poverty and nonsense. I I can't say shit. I mean, I guess in Seattle, people were getting like shot like around the corner from our hotel and shit. So, you know, man, maybe I'm just not about that big city life, you know. Um, but God, man, I just I've never felt so much anxiety in one fucking place before in my entire life. Like San Francisco, eat a dick. I don't care if you're from there. Hit me up, DM me. Let's go, bro. I'll fucking use nothing you can say. That's gonna convince me that San Francisco isn't a literal dumpster missing the lid. Okay. Cool bridge though, dude. You know? You got a cool bridge. Also, and you got there's Alcatraz. It's all claim to fame is a fucking pl- a thing that gets you out and a thing you can't get out of. I'm good. We're good. I don't ever want to go back to San Francisco. That doesn't matter what show is there. What if you're headlining? I don't give a fuck. Not doing it. Not doing it. Anyways, fuck you, San Francisco. I love you, Bend, Oregon. Seattle, Washington, fix your weather. Um, that's the road in a nutshell. Thanks for coming. I can't remember anything else. If you really want like the everythings that happened like in the moment while they were happening... Go back and check out Barely Serious episodes 143 and 144 because 144 is the best one, I think, because that was after we had done all the shows and we were like driving. Uh, I think I don't know if it was 
before that was definitely before Seattle because we did not record an episode on the way back to California. But from Oregon to Seattle, we recorded one. It was great. Listen to that. Um, that'll give you like all the ins and outs. I filled in the Seattle parts. So good. You got that. What else happened, Dom? Um, I will talk about the UFC pay-per-view because I always do that. Uh, it was a good one this, this, this weekend, nothing super notable, but I did want to talk about how funny I find it. They're like, so Jorge Masvidal fought Colby Covington, right? And Colby Covington was, uh, well, he's a UFC fighter, but so he has this big persona, like he talks shit and he you know, talks about your mom and he's like Conor McGregor status, talk shit talking wise, right? Um, he's a very good Walter Waite, by the way. He's ranked number two in the world. He is very good. Um, he wins a lot of fights. But he basically was coming down to a point where he the UFC was going to cut him. It was on the last fight of his contract and he didn't have another contract lined up. And he decided that he would play the heel, man, and he would get his attention that way. So what he did was he did a fight in Brazil. And after the fight, uh, in his post-fight interview, uh, his, he uh, started basically saying that Brazil was trash and they were all animals and that he couldn't wait to get out of there. And people started throwing shit and booing and that gave him all this attention and notoriety for like being the guy that all of Brazil hates now. Um, which I thought was like pretty crazy, but he kept on it and he kept doing it and the UFC kept signing him bigger contracts and then he got a title fight. And so like, you know, this whole thing this weekend was about like how Jorge and him weren't friends anymore. And like, Jorge's like, Oh, he, you know, that was a persona, but now he's like adopted it and he's just an asshole and nobody wants to be around him and blah, 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 blah. So lots of shit talking, lots of lead, you know, leading up to the fight and all that stuff. And then, um, it gets to a point where like, so they fight, right? Um, it's a good fight. Jorge hurt Colby a few times. Colby hurt Jorge a few times. Mainly it was just Colby dominating Jorge on the ground, um, getting him in positions on the ground and ground and pounding and going for submissions and whatnot. And, uh, Masvidal just did not have an answer for it. Um, you know, he couldn't get up, couldn't reverse the ground positions. So he, you know, he lost the unanimous decision and he got dominated the whole fight. Uh, like I said, only a few shining moments where he maybe knocked Colby down, but, um, for the most part, it was just him getting his ass beat. Um, but the funniest part of the whole thing, right. was the, like, so after the fight, like these guys aren't going to shake hands or hug or anything. They still don't like each other. And, uh, after the fight, they're Colby's talking shit from the other side of the octagon and Jorge behind like four security guards is like doing the hand motions. Like, come on, bro. And you can see, they can see like his mouth, like, come on, bro. Fuck you. Let's go. Let's go. Dude. You just fought for five rounds. You had 25 minutes to just go, bro. I fucking Hey, I can't stand that energy after the fight's over. Like, what in the... F Bro, listen, you just literally fought for 25 minutes. And now after the fight, you're looking at homie being like, yeah, fuck you, let's go. What the hell were you doing for the last 25 fucking minutes? Why all of a sudden now are you tough when there's a bunch of security around when literally five minutes ago, there was nobody in between the two of you? You could have knocked him out if you really thought you could have. Oh, just took me down the whole time. Then get your ass up, bitch. Get up. 
I'm so much better than him. He just held me on the ground. No, you're not then. If you were that much better than him, get up off the ground. No one's taking Kamaru Usman down and holding him on the ground for five rounds. They're not. He's getting up. He's stopping you from taking him down. He's hurting you on the way, and he's making you think twice about those. Who? I just don't get it, dude. I was, like, yelling at the TV, like, yo, what are you doing, bro? Like, you can't sit at the other end of the octagon and talk shit after you just lost a unanimous decision, like, 48-45. Like, you clearly lost every round a lot by a lot, and now you're at the other end of the octagon talking about, let's go, fuck you. No, dude. Because guess what? You just fought. And if you fight again, that's probably going to happen again. It's so weird, dude. Like, that energy is not happening before the fight. It's always, like, super cocky, like, just looking at each other, pacing back and forth. Jorge stands on the cage with his hands behind his back. Like, I'm ready to go, burr But then he fucking loses a fucking fight. He gets dominated for 25 minutes, and then all of a sudden, it's, fuck you, bro, let's go then. Bitch, you just went. You lost. It didn't go very good for you. Let him talk shit. Like when Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor's dumbass is sitting at the fucking, with his back into the cage with a broken ankle talking about how Dustin Poirier didn't hurt him. Uh, brother. Yeah, broke your fucking ankle. <laughs> it wasn't for nothing, dude. Whether he checked the kick or kicked you there or whatever it was, dude. But you didn't walk into the octagon with your ankle being held together by toothpicks and a rubber band, you fucking don't be a poor sport this is why I couldn't be a fighter I would not be good about it I don't want to lose I don't want to get embarrassed in front of national television in front of millions of people I don't want that but don't sit there talking all this mad shit after you just your ass just lost you can't like (laughs) it's like the whole like I totally would have won if I hadn't lost like that whole mentality dude like it's just like dude listen that's why you don't start shit. Don't start shit won't be shit. You know what I'm talking about? If I start shit with some dude and he just like slap a taste out of my mouth in front of everybody, that would suck. But I wouldn't like be able to sit there and be like, you fuck you, bro. You got lucky. Dude. <laughs> Come on now. Um, I think Jorge, after the fight in the press conference, said that uh, like uh, he's still a bitch, but that bitch can wrestle though. Like, listen, dog, like, how does that make him a bitch? Because he trained harder than you and worked harder at that one skill set so that he could dominate your ass using it? Like, how does that make him a bitch? I don't get that. It's like, it's little boy shit, man. You like, you like, these dudes are like, they're fighters, man. Like, I get it. They don't think the same as everybody else. But, like, at the same time, dude, aren't you, like, you're trying to sit here and act like you're this big, tough badass. Like, don't make excuses, bro. It's way more tough to come out and be like, hey, man, like, I thought I could beat this kid. He was better than me. Like, I got to go back to the drawing board. All respect or respect is due and move on. Not like, oh, he's a bitch. I mean, he could wrestle, but he just held me there. And you're making excuses, brother. You're making excuses, dude. You can't excuse. You can't make excuses for these things, man. You just can't because it's it's right there in black and white, man. Everybody saw what just happened. Everybody saw what just happened. You're not fooling anybody, dude. We just watched it, man. Is he a bitch? Not really, because he took some of your hardest fucking shots and ate them. 
You sat him down one time. You didn't finish him. He was eating your shit and fucking pushing forward and hitting you with elbows and hitting you with punches and hitting you with flurries and taking your ass down and you were overwhelmed and he gassed you out and he beat you by unanimous decision. He couldn't finish you. He tried. So did you, but not that hard. You didn't take that many risks, dude. Just, I don't know, you know? I can say all this because I am a 100% too much of a pussy to fight in the UFC or at all. I don't want to fucking fight anybody, dude. I don't have to make excuses about why I lost and shit. Just don't, you know, man up, bro. That's all I'm saying. No? Also, some other guy, he won a fight because he got poked in the eye twice and they took a point from the other guy and then he went ape shit. Like he won the biggest fight of his entire life and dominated the guy and knocked him out two minutes into the fight. What's with that? Some of these weird Brazilian fighters, man, like they get, they go nuts when they win a fight, whether it's by disqualification or like they could win the fight. Like, they cut their opponent in the first round and they're like to go ape shit. Like they just do backflips. Like they just won the biggest fight of their life. Like, bro, you just won on a technicality chill. There's either not humble enough, not humble at all. Like, I don't know, man. Fighting is a weird game, dude. I don't know what the fuck I expect out of it. Like entertainment, I guess. Um, yeah, man. Streamed that one. It's like they're expensive, dude. You know, you can't you can't afford seventy five dollars every fucking weekend. I don't know where they get the idea that we're all balling out rich. We ain't. Neither are your fighters. Forty thousand dollars. One of the guys that won Bryce Mitchell he said he was going to donate his forty five thousand dollar purse to a charity, and Dana White told him not to do that, that he would give him the money to donate to the charity instead. But why is this dude only getting paid 45 grand? <laughs> it's crazy, dude. I mean, I get, I know there's a lot of fighters, man. We could have this discussion a hundred thousand times. It doesn't matter. And Dana White's a billionaire. He doesn't give a fuck what I think. And, uh, that's all that, that's all that matters. I feel like this episode went by really fast. Um, we talked about the road I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really wanted to talk about, but I don't think there is, man. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming back. If you came back, uh, like I said, man, I promise these will be more consistent and they will be. And, um, next shows at the comedy zone in Fort Walton beach, Florida. Check my Instagram. I'll have some stuff up there. Your boy, He's traveling around the country, man, doing comedy, okay? okay. Paying to do comedy. <laughs> it's not glorious, okay? I have to pay for all these things, all right? Yeah, generally the kid gets us hooked up with like a hotel or something, but usually we're paying. So just keep that in mind, man. You know, I'm going to leave you today with that. Invest in yourself. No one else is going to invest in you until you invest in yourself, man. So if it costs you a little bit of money to do something or you have to give something up to do something you love that benefits you personally, do it. Don't talk about, oh, I can't spend $500 on this tool I need for my job. No, spend the fucking $500, man. Invest in yourself. No one else is going to. Nobody put me on the road Nobody paid for me to be on the road. I got an opportunity from a friend and we paid our for ourselves, man. 
We do this when we do these road trips. We go on the road and we do comedy. We're paying, dude. You like we're getting paid for the shows, but that covers like our gas and some food. You know, like everything else, man. We gotta stay at a hotel. We gotta figure it out, dude. This is what you do. This is how you do it. This is how you invest in yourself. This is what you do, and you believe in yourself. You follow your fucking dreams. I know that this isn't the normal send off that I give, but I just want you guys to follow your dreams and be happy. And invest in yourself, okay? Some annoying ass gardeners outside at fucking four o'clock on a Sunday, edging the goddamn lawn like anybody gives a fuck right now, okay? Little Bill Burr vibes for you. Thank you. My name is Dom Pierno. This is the Solo Burlo podcast. It's episode number thirteen. I'll see you guys soon for episode number fourteen. Thank you. I love you. Stay safe.